Lacrosse and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay crossome. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to throwing jabs the combat sports podcast i'm Big Jace joined by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones as always. And we got a big UFC card tonight. But first, let's recap the fight from last weekend. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul goes the distance. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you guys how you thought the fight went. Joe, how bad was for boxing? You, you know, I, I think, and I, I only watched the highlights. I didn't watch this spectacle of, of sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there was a moment where he, like, knocked Paul out, I guess, and sort of held him up and, and then rode out the rest of the fight. Now, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Floyd Mayweather, I, I mean, did he did he want to knock this dude out? And make it look easy? Or did he want to make this guy look like a worthy adversary by keeping him in the game? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, Jerry, you with me there? I think he just needed to make this look competitive. I think from the start, I think Floyd realized how how ridiculous this was. And, I mean, dude, if Floyd Mayweather can't knock out a boxer who's 0-1 at this point in his career, he has no business being in the ring. But yeah. I don't I, I don't believe that's the case. I think this was a game. I think this was maybe even agreed to that there wouldn't be substantial damage done. All right. This this uh this is another case where I want to bring up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and ask about what's the most rewarding course of action for Floyd Mayweather Jr. If you're a fan, you want him to go kill this guy. But if you're Floyd Mayweather, you want to do the safest thing, and not only the safest thing, but like you said, make him look like a worthy adversary. 
Let me give you a quick story. Um, my sister was cheated on once. Uh, guy left his wife and then ended up a year later. Something went on. It was a real ugly situation. He's willing to do anything to get back in her world. And somehow we end up with this, I'm going to go fight your brother at Scrub Scraps idea. Um, and then the question became, which brother? Momentarily, he had a little amateur boxing experience and, you know, looked like a pretty athletic and tumble guy. And um, let's just say Joel sounded a lot different after I fought him than he did before I fought him. He wanted to fight the guy after I fought him when it didn't make sense anymore because of that situation. But what I'm relating that to, it does make sense for the little brother to fight him. You make it look like a competitive fight. You got another payday coming around the back and the little brother's going, oh my God, that guy I can beat. That guy I can beat and look good against. Right? You wanted it to look like that. This was the most rewarding thing for Floyd to do. The checks were already signed. He had no motivation to go hurt that man. None whatsoever. You got to think about what's rewarding for him. And the only way to take this back over is to talk to his bosses. That's us. Yeah. That's us. We pay the money to watch this trash. They're going to keep doing it. I I said it before, the only way boxing comes out of this ahead is if Floyd Mayweather kills Logan Paul in the ring. And th th this was a joke. It went the distance. Logan Paul had his uh, Rocky story. I'm wearing black because I think this is the death of boxing. I think I, this is the funeral. The and problem, the biggest problem I have, sorry to cut you off, Chase, the biggest problem I have is is when i relate this to scrub scraps and what we have going on there is a magic in boxing there is something really beautiful going on there in boxing that if other people were allowed if the the, the flipping anthony bakers and the miles wilkerson's of the world were allowed to experience it on that kind of level you're giving something that people need some some life-saving tools and you're giving it to Floyd Mayweather and Jr. And, and Logan Paul, the last people on the planet that actually need that beautiful thing. We have found out that there's a magic in boxing that isn't like nobody wants to watch people play pickup basketball. If you're not and one street balling, if you're not ball is life, I don't want to go watch you and you brought your 12 year old and he's pretty good, but he's kind of holding up our game, dude. I don't want to watch that on TV, but fighting is different. We've tapped into that magic. Now let's give it to the people who need it and not these assholes, excuse me. Go ahead, Jason. I agree sorry, brother. But a 51 and 0 greatest of all time, it, it shouldn't go the distance with a 0 and 1 Logan Paul YouTuber who lost to another YouTuber. That's ridiculous. And then it's a hug fest the whole time. You got people who don't know boxing. Tune into this, and they're all like, that's what's wrong with UFC and boxing now. That's why I don't watch it, because it's hugging. No, because this wasn't boxing. This was them hugging. There is a spot for this, and it is called WWE. If you want to play it out, and if you want to have the highs and the lows and all this stuff, go into the ring, 
Go talk to Vince McMahon. He can make it look a lot more entertaining than two guys hugging each other for four rounds. Jared, let me ask you this, because you, you do talk about scrub scraps a lot when we talk about about these sorts of um, uh, matchups. Uh, and Tony just put in, uh, this was like Jones Jr. versus Tyson pulling punches, no decision, what's the point? You wouldn't put, you would put Jones and Tyson if they were just two randos that came to scrub scraps. They'd be a good pairing, right, based on sure. experience and skill, right? You would never put Floyd Mayweather in a ring with Logan Paul. Oh, no. And I think that's my biggest no, concern no. here. Oh, like I said, look, there, there's a better Paul brother that he could have been fighting on, on Sunday night. And it, it shouldn't have been this one. It should have been the other one. I would have done this, but I would have had to been 100% confident that Floyd Mayweather was going to do what he did so that Logan Paul didn't end up in any serious danger. Okay. When I put mismatches like this together, a lot of times um, um, Jordan's a good example. I fought Jordan. Why in the hell did I fight Jordan? <laughs> Somebody explain that to me. He's 6'4", 340. Why was I in the ring with that kid? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I didn't want anybody else taking that hit. Because he could have slept somebody else in my driveway and it could have gotten really, really dangerous. And I figured if somebody's taking that hit, it should be me. So, yes, I would match these two up, but I'd have to be extremely confident that Floyd Mayweather was going to go in there and keep both of them safe like he did. And if that's what we're doing, we're entertaining. We're not trying to figure out who the better guy is. Then it is scrub scraps for all intents and purposes. We're just giving it to the wrong people. Yes, because I'll because I'll, I'll I'll watch up to watch you two fight, and it'll be more entertaining than what we watched with these two. Anybody, give me you know, give me anybody. I'll do some matchups, and I will show you entertainment. I promise, we can show you entertainment like Floyd Mayweather Jr., Logan Paul, Mike Tyson, and Roy Jones haven't seen in at least two fights. <laughs> All right. We spent enough time on this. Let's talk about some real fighting that happened over this past weekend. As Jarzinho Rosenstrup knocks out Augusto Sakai in the first round. Quick, easy work. Uh, Joe, where does Rosenstrike go from here? Gosh, you know, uh, what a great fight this was, man. And from the moment, I'll tell you what, there's just something about that smaller ring, man. Where I, I always I'm like this fight started and my my anxiety was high and I have no dog in the fight here. I didn't really care who won. I was just looking for a good fight. Dude, Rosenstroik just I mean, looked like a man possessed. And, you know, they kept saying it. Uh, 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 I'm not even sure who was calling a fight, so I won't even pretend to guess who it was. Whoever was calling the fight, they said. Sakai keeps going to his, he's going to just walk into a Rosenstrike left and then catch a right and it'll be done. So he waited for the last few seconds of the round boy, but um, dude, this guy can straight up hit. This was not a good, um, it wasn't a good showing for Sakai. Who's I think a better fighter than what you got Saturday night, which is terribly unfortunate for him. Cause now you're going to the back of the line for now. The, Rough part for Rosenstrike is 
who's next? Who do you fight next? Because as things are laying out, and Gano and Lewis supposedly will be battling it out. Volkov and Gan are scheduled to fight. Stipe already fought once this year, so he's out. Um, which ultimately leaves Curtis Blades as the only viable option in front of him for him to fight. So my answer to that question is Curtis Blades. <laughs> That's so funny, Joe, because mine was slightly different. My answer to that question was Curtis Blades. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, you're right. The only viable option. It's the only thing that makes sense over there. Let's do it. Rosenstruck, I think, will beat him and uh and move on. And maybe Lewis after that. He are the problem is he already lost to the two best guys in this division. That's the problem, is is for him to get to the top is gonna take him winning a rematch. And I don't like him. I still don't like him in either one of those fights. And Gano and Gan are the are the two are the two guys. That's the fight we're waiting for after they both win the fights they have in front of them. Gone and gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But he, Curtis Blades, I think, is a terrible matchup for him. I, I think Curtis Blades can take him to the ground, shut him down, and do what Joe thinks Vittori is going to do tonight. Well, I, I also said I thought Blades was going to do that to Lewis. And that didn't work out so good. Um, you got to be obviously really careful uh, shooting that guy. Because when you do, if he's got his right hand cocked, you're dead. And that's Definitely not as Jota. effective. As, as striking and, uh, and scrambling have evolved, that whole laying on somebody for three rounds isn't even with a noob like Clarissa Shields. Laying on somebody and just kind of pummeling them for three rounds, it's just not always as effective as it used to. It used to be much more effective. You could do that. Now those short elbows and those little scramble maneuvers, the, the wrist control, it's so so technically sound that uh, that that's not – blades, blades, they, they, the game may have evolved a little bit past blades, and I think that's what, what we would see there. I don't think it's a horrible stylistic matchup. I think he's uh, – I think Rosenstruck wins that. I think he beats Blades, but I don't think there's anywhere for him to go from here. Lewis, after Lewis loses, he can fight Derek Lewis, but he's all those guys we're talking about are at the top, right behind Ngano and Gan. Yeah, that's the whole heavyweight division. Like I said last week, Rosenstruck he's a gatekeeper to the top, the championship. But I think Sakai is a gatekeeper to the the top 15 as a, as a whole. But, all right, let's move on to the who you got this week. Boxing needs to recover from the damage done that was done by Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. So, Joe, what is the biggest fight boxing can make to showcase boxing's best? I think they need Crawford versus Spence. They need to make that happen, and they need to make that happen soon. Obviously, it's probably not happening since Spence will be fighting Pacquiao, but you know, that be, I think, your two most talented guys. I think that'd be the best fight boxing could put out right now where you'd have two guys highly skilled, highly entertaining, banging it out for probably eight to ten rounds. That's the one I really want to see. That's a good answer, Joe, but it's not the right one. 
I like it. I love it. Great answer. From a boxing purist, I really respect that answer. But that's the problem is it's coming from a from more of a purist. And um, if we're showcasing, we need that entertainment. You know, and um, Spence Crawford, while you're going to get the best boxing has to offer, you're not going to draw the eyes with that because people will pick Spence and people will pick Crawford. So my answers are here are all people that could outbox the greatest in the world, right? These are people who are relative unknowns that are better boxers than their very, very famous counterparts. And I think that's the type of fight that could bring boxing to the forefront. Those fights are Virgil Ortiz Jr. versus Bud Crawford, uh, Canelo versus Baturbiev. Baturbiev is better. Um, Shields versus Marshall. Please fight Savannah. Please come back. Fight Savannah Marshall and lose. Clarissa, you got dominated by a three and six girl for the whole. Anybody else that she lost to will smash you. And Savannah Marshall will smash you at boxing. So stop giving yourself ridiculous nicknames. Come back and do what you're good at and show me that you can beat the person that beat you up the first time. Out there talking about the greatest female fighter of all time. You got beat up by a girl who's still here and will beat you up every day between now and then. What are you talking about? Savannah Marshall beats Clarissa Shields. Um, I feel amiss if I don't mention Loma here because he is the most technically sound fighter on the planet. So it's kind of like if we're showcasing boxing, we want that guy in the fight, but couldn't find a spot for him. And um, the last one we might already have signed. Better boxer, world famous, upset city, calling it today, Alexander Yusik over Anthony Joshua will be great for boxing. Damn. Damn. Okay. I I had for my list I had Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence on there. I Canelo and Paterbiev. One that I, I need to mention, but I don't think would be best for to like showcase and have people recognize boxing better would be Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, I think. Heavyweights just when the casual looks at a heavyweight, it's heavyweights. You can't really like connect. I mean, you expect knockouts. You, you, it's just hard to understand it. But the one fight I have that needs to be made to showcase boxing's best, the two best boxers, the two top pound for pound guys, Terrence Crawford versus Lomachenko. Lomachenko doesn't have any more. Uh, he doesn't have any more business at lightweight. He lost his belts. Let, let's have it. Let, let's get it done. Those two. It's they're all about the artistry of boxing. It isn't about the brawl. It isn't about the fight. It's about what boxing is. It's about the sweet science with them. So if you want to get over the entertainment, if you want to get over the Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, get the two best boxers and put them in the ring together to show everyone what boxing really is and not a YouTuber versus a 51-0 and Floyd Mayweather. I can't ride with that one. I can't ride with that one um, because they're different sizes. Lopez was too big for Loma. Um, 
but the heavyweights, I really respect that call because, again, you're appealing to the right demographic. If we're going to bring it back up front, we need upsets, we need heavyweights, we need that entertainment value. Spence and Bud, best boxing has to offer. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure we get those other things for it. I'm not positive. That's the one I want to put on the stage and say, here, everybody watch. You know? Yeah, I get that. All right. Let's go on to tonight's fights. Starting off, staying in boxing with the big boxing match coming on ESPN. In Las Vegas, Shakur Stevenson battles Jeremiah Nakatia for the vacant WBO junior lightweight belt. Let's break it down. Jeremiah Nakatila, 31 years old with a record of 21 and 1 with 17 knockouts. From Walvis Bay, Namibia, he made his pro debut in 2013 with a third round knockout. He then won his next nine in a row with five knockouts before taking on Jasper Soroka for the WBO Africa super featherweight title, dominating and even stopping Soroka in the eighth round. In his next fight, he took on Russia's Evgeny Chuprokov for the vacant WBO intercontinental belt. But after 12 hard-fought rounds, he lost for the first time by majority decision. He came back the following year with three straight knockouts and then blew out Ghana's Patrick O'Kine, dropping him multiple times and then knocking him out of the ring in the fourth round. In 2019, he dominated Hungary's Zoltan Kovacs, wearing him down with body shots and then stopping him with a fast combination punctuated by a left hook. The following year, he stopped Emmanuel Adeliki with a series of body shots and then blasted out Emmanuel Amos in the second round with a vicious right cross. A very strong boxer slash puncher, Nakatila has good footwork and a solid jab. He likes to throw a lead left uppercut and also possesses a devastating right cross. Shakur Stevenson, 23 years old. He's 5'8 with a 68 inch reach and a record of 15-0 with 8 knockouts. From Newark, New Jersey, he was taught to box at the age of 5 by his grandfather. A decorated amateur, Stevenson won the AI. IBA Youth World Championships and in 2016 won a silver medal at the Rio Olympics, losing in the final to Cuba's Robesi Ramirez. After amassing a record of 56-2, he signed with top rank in 2017 with Andre Ward as his manager and won his debut with a fifth round technical decision. After winning his first nine fights with five knockouts, he defeated Jesse Rosales via fourth round TKO to win the vacant WBC Continental Featherweight title. He followed that with a third round blowout of Alberto Guevara and then won a unanimous decision over Joel Gonzalez for the vacant WBO Featherweight belt. In June 2020, he knocked out Felix Caraballo with a uppercut to the body and followed that with a 10th round decision over Tokakan Clary. A slick southpaw, Stevenson is one of the fastest rising stars and most technically proficient fighters in the sport. He possesses lightning fast hands and is a highly aggressive counter puncher. Can Nakatila utilize his one punch knockout power or will the technique and speed from Stevenson make him a two division champion? Tune in tonight and let's find out.
That dude's got some knockout power. Nakatela? Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah, blasting people all over the place. Jeez. But can he knock out Shakur Stevenson? That is a great question. I'm going to say probably not because I don't think he's seen anybody at the talent level of Shakur Stevenson. I think that might be because that dude looks super confident. And I think when, when, when you hit like that guy does, you got every reason to be, to be that confident. Uh, I mean, man, he blasting dudes across the ring. Shakur Stevenson is a, a, a really technically great fighter and he's a lefty. I think that's going to be a problem for Nakathelia as well. I think he's going to struggle with that. Um, I was looking up the odds on this fight and, and they greatly favor <laughs> Stevenson 40 to and, one. Yeah. This is only the third time he's fought outside of Africa. I think he's going to make it interesting. I think he's going to land a couple. I don't think he's going to get the one he needs. And I think Stevenson, um, I think we'll go the distance on this. I think this is going to go. No, no. You know, I was going to say Stevenson because it's 40 to one odds and because he's faced the most better competition and because of his upbringing and his pedigree and all of the things that point to him that, that he's going to win. And then I saw in that, in that excellent, excellent montage that Nakathelia has it beat, uh, beat Zoltan Kovac. I didn't know that. The great Zoltan. <laughs> Zoltan? No, Stevenson. Stevenson. Decision, stoppage, who cares? 40 to 1 odds. This is not the guy he should be fighting. I get it. But, uh, you know, where's the undefeated guy that gave him his one loss? I mean, we can find somebody that's better than 40 to 1 odds, can't we? This whole car is shot. Except for one honorable mention here. Now, I have a story to tell. I went to New Haven to watch Chad Dawson fight when I was working with him in, uh, in Windsor and John Scully. It was Matt Remillard's pro debut. Knocked out Arlington Panda. Pandy was his name. Um, so uh, the first fight on that card was a 10-year-old. Um, and he got robbed. He fought a 11 or 12-year-old named Georgie. He was from New Haven, and it was one of the worst boxing robberies I've ever seen in my life. I didn't care that they were little kids. I was screaming BS. So that's how you rob a 10-year-old kid? I was so, so angry that I came down out of the stands. I walked over around into the thing, and I walked over to that little 10-year-old, and I said, you have some amazing gifts and talent. You are like a rare talent. Don't let this discourage you at all. Okay, you keep doing what you're doing, kid. You've got a future here. Um, years later, I, I found him on Facebook. I messaged this little 10-year-old kid. He remembers the interaction. Um, and then in two fights ago, beat a kid in um, um, Laredo, Anthony Laredo, who, who is a monster. <laughs> um, Julian Rodriguez, Julian Hammerhands Rodriguez is a monster. This is a kid to watch 
He's fighting Pedraza tonight, which is a big step up for him. But he hasn't ducked anybody, and he walks through people. His hands are heavy. He's only a minus 220. That's the guy you want on this card. This is a guy you need to get a look at. The fight right before the Shakur Stevenson snooze fest or knockout or whatever he's going to do to this guy. Watch Julian Rodriguez. Because from that little 10-year-old kid, he has never lost a step. He's taking a huge step up. And when he beats Pedraza, people are going to have to start taking him seriously. This is Tank Davis with boxing skill. This is Davis tight power with boxing skill. Julian Rodriguez. Okay. So we'll be on the lookout for that. But f- for this main event, I, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to go knock at Dila. Oh, Stevenson coming up and waiting. And Nakatila having that power. I mean, the bigger guy with the power, I, I think he can land the knockout. And also, I, I'm super pissed off at Shakur Stevenson because I feel like top rank is pushing the crap out of this guy and promotes the crap out of him. But Bob Arum loves this guy, but he struggles so hard to, to promote Terrence Crawford. It's not because they have it. It's not because Shakur Stevenson has a Twitter and Instagram. It's because Shakur Stevenson's manager is Andre Ward. And Bob Arum and Andre Ward already have a relationship. No, let's stop pushing him as much. He's still a young guy. And let's give the respect where it's due to Terrence Bud Crawford. So I want the hype train to end for Stevenson so Bob Arum can focus more on Terrence Crawford. But also, bigger guy with the knockout power. He had some hellacious knockouts. I mean, we saw in that that little montage there. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I think this is. Uh, I think Nakatila can put it on season. So we'll see. If you're gonna pick Nakatila in this fight, I hope you at least gonna put some money on it because this would yeah, pay handsomely. Yeah. This would pay oh, yeah. handsomely to Ten you. Ten bucks wins you two hundred or something. Yeah. yeah, dude, you gotta throw down on that if you're gonna pick them. Uh, listen, I, I, Jace, I usually jump down your throat when you say something insane, and I, don't, um, I think you're drop noticing. Drop from plus eighteen to plus fourteen. Interestingly enough, that guy's numbers dropped from plus eighteen to plus fourteen. So a dollar wins you fourteen on him now, which is interesting to me. I didn't expect those numbers to drop, but Jace, you might be onto something, according to Vegas. I'm telling you, the, the more I watch that, Jace, by the way, that, that came out great. Um, fantastic, yeah, well done, uh, fantastic montage. Um, yeah, I, I audibly gasped when he punched that guy across the ring. <laughs> that looked like something you would see in a movie where you're like, oh, all right. And then he punched him across. and that, But he Can did. He and that was Logan <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I would listen. I tell you what, and again, I mean, you know, you you talk about the bigger guy. I think that you know, being a lefty favors Stevenson in this one. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a tough fight. It's gonna be a tough fight for uh, Nakadelia because again, I think he's a little out of his element. But again, we're not talking. He's not fighting Bud Crawford. He's fighting Shakur Stevenson, who's still a young guy, and while he's so technically sound. You know, these young guys get a little arrogant, get a little cocky, you know, and you've got the kind of power Nakatilia has. 
as you know, Jace, you could put a guy out quick in in a second, and he'll he won't know what happened till he wakes up. This is I agree with you guys. This is a closer fight than the numbers would dictate. Um, um, and this is this is probably too deep to even bring up. But what do you call somebody who likes to have sex with the dark? Nocathelia, come on! It's great. Is that what that is? No, that's not. Is that a thing? Nocathelia. Okay. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get in to the UFC pay per view. Starting off with the co-main event, the first of the two big rematches. Rematch for the UFC flyweight championship at UFC 263. Brandon Moreno challenges Davison Figueroa. Let's break it down. Brandon Moreno's 27 years old. He's 5'7", with a 70-inch reach and a record of 18-5-2 with three knockouts and 10 submissions. From Tijuana, Mexico, Moreno took up MMA at age 12 as a way to lose weight and by 18 decided he wanted to make a career out of it. He turned pro in April of 2011, winning by first-round submission, but then lost three of his next five fights. In 2014, he made his debut in the World Fighting Federation and in his second fight for the promotion, he won the vacant flyweight title with a first-round submission of C.J. Sullivan via rear naked choke. He defended the belt three times and then joined Season 25 of The Ultimate Fighter. In the opening stage of the show, he lost to Alexander Pentoja by submission and then made his UFC debut this same year, submitting Louis Smolka with a first-round guillotine. He followed that with a decision over Ryan Benoit and a rear naked choke of Dustin Ortiz but then dropped two straight decisions to Sergio Pettis and Alexander Pantoja. He bounced back to following year, knocking out LFA flyweight champion Mikhail Perez with a vicious ground pound, and then took on Askar Askarov in a close slugfest that ended in a draw. He finished out 2019 with a solid win over Kai Kara France and then dominated the dangerous Jusifer Formiga. He took on fellow top prospect Brandon Royville, dominating him on the ground and then scoring a stoppage with a barrage of hammer fists. On December 12, 2020, Marino challenged champion Davison Figueroa in what turned out to be a grueling back-and-forth brawl. After five hotly contested rounds, the fight was ruled a draw. A dangerous pressure fighter, Moreno likes to lead with a solid jab and left uppercut and is excellent at throwing combinations and then getting the double-leg takedown as his opponents try to block. Once he's on the ground, he really shines, often dominating his opponents with his jiu-jitsu as attested to by his 10 submissions. Davison Figueredo's 33 years old. He's 5'5", with a 68-inch reach and a record of 20-1, with 9 knockouts and 18 submissions. From Sorepara, Brazil, Figueiredo was introduced to wrestling by his father at age 9 and quickly took an interest in MMA. He made his pro debut in 2012 with a first-round submission and then blew through his first 11 opponents, scoring 10 stoppages before making his UFC debut in 2017 with a second-round knockout of Marco Beltran. In his next fight, he defeated Jared Brooks by decision and followed that with a second-round knockout of Joseph Morales, dropping him with an uppercut and finishing him with ground and pound. After knocking out John Moraga, he suffered his first loss, getting shut down by Jusir Formiga in a bloody brawl. He quickly bounced back with a unanimous decision over Alexander Pantoja, 
and a guillotine choke of Tim Elliott to set up a fight for the vacant flyweight title against Joseph Benavidez. After an even first round, Figueroa came out strong in the second, knocking out Benavidez with a brutal right cross. However, since he came in overweight, he was not eligible to win the title. Five months later, the pair met again for the belt, with Figueroa dropping Benavidez in the first round and rendering him unconscious with a rear naked choke. Four months later, he made his first defense, submitting Alex Perez with a first round guillotine, and then 21 days later, took on Brandon Moreno in the fastest turnaround for a champion in UFC history. After five brutal back and forth rounds, the fight was ruled a draw after he was deducted a point for a low blow in the third round. A dangerous counter striker, Figueredo possesses long arms and immense power for a flyweight, keeping his distance with a long jab and intercepting his opponent's shots with a right cross or left hook. A black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he is also an overwhelming physical force on the ground, often controlling his opponents and preferring to finish them with a guillotine choke. Can Brandon Moreno find a way to win and claim UFC gold? Or will a well-rested Davison Figueredo continue his domination of the flyweight division? Tune in tonight, and let's find out. Ooh, the first of the title rematches in the co-main event. Yeah, by the way, that video terribly inconsistent with his speed. I was, you know, Moreno looked a lot more consistent. (laughs) Seemed like Figueroa was fighting in spurts. I only spent two hours putting that video together for it to completely malfunction on the air. (laughs) Nice job, StreamYard. Um, Uh, Let me tell you what you missed. Look, I like Brandon That's (laughs) Figueroa's. Yeah. It, it, it happened last week, too, so it does Figueredo. Um <laughs> I like Moreno. I think he's a, a, a really quality fighter. I just, you know, look, Figueredo taking that fight three weeks after uh, the Perez fight was insane. And I think a better rested Figueredo will beat Moreno. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that like I, I'm taking the guy lightly. He is the number one contender. He did go five solid uh, with Figueredo for a draw. The low blow is the only reason, though, he did walk out of there with a draw and not a loss. And and lucky for him because that's what's getting him the rematch here. I don't, you know, I I, I was saying to Jace earlier, and we're going to talk obviously about the the main event in a minute where you've got a wrestler and a striker. And I had taken Alex Perez in the fight against Davison Figueredo, and if you'll recall, I said. If he beats this wrestler, because he struggled with Formiga, if he showed me he can beat a wrestler, I don't think this guy's going to lose again. And he hasn't. And I'm a big fan of his. The only reason I picked against him again was the mismatch with a wrestler, and he took care of that by dispatching said wrestler in like a buck and a half. He was like, get this dude out of here. Let me guillotine him, and we'll go home. Figueredo knows how to get it done. He's got great knockout power, as, as you've seen against uh, Benavidez. So I would expect Figueredo with a full camp, well-rested, to beat Moreno. I say stoppage in the third, beat down. He just starts to, to ground and pound, and they, yeah, all right, and that's it. That's where I'm seeing this. I think that's a really good assessment. Um 
You know I like how you Figueredo. And uh, um, Maury Learn Marino, also <laughs> a great fighter. Um, but I took Figueredo in the in the other fight. And I when you said, if he can get past, I don't think he'll lose again. I said, I don't think he'll lose again. I think it'll be a while before this kid loses again. When we did our Who You Got on uh, the Fighter of the Year, this is somebody I picked. And you're right. There's a low blow. There's a three-week training camp. You look at the 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 guy with the excuses was Figueredo and came away with a draw. You weren't able to beat a guy who lost a point and had a three-week training camp. So what are you going to do with him now? Lucky for you, there was a low blow and you get the rematch. Morant, love this kid. Love Maury Learn, but... um. Yeah, it's figure. This is Figueredo. Yeah, and pro he'll probably be able to stop him this time. I, I believe you. He'll wear him down third, fourth round, second, third, fourth round, somewhere in those middle rounds. Uh, Figueredo by stoppage. Uh, Moreno fought on the same card as Figueroa and Perez, so it, they both had a short lay, short turnaround. Uh, it was, I, I do think though, Moreno had his chance. And uh, Figueredo, he's he's good enough. He he knows he's gonna he knows what he did wrong. He knows where he he lost those rounds. Besides just the the low blow, I, I think Moreno's best bet is to get him in a submission somehow. Uh, but I, I think Figueredo's just better than that. I, I think this is it, rematches are always weird, and especially. Moreno had a shot last time, last time around, and I, I don't think Figueredo is going to give him the windows and opportunities to have another shot. I, I think it's decisive. Uh, I like the third round finish. Uh, I could see Figueredo clinching, uh, getting a submission as well. But uh, yeah, ground and pound something. I think Figueredo shows why he is one of the best, if not the the best in that division right now. But uh, all right, that's one rematch. Now let's get in to the main event. Guys, Saturday night, we have an exciting rematch in the middleweight division as number three contender Marvin Vittori takes on champion Israel Adesanya. Let's break it down. Marvin Vittori, 27 years old. He's six feet tall with a 74-inch reach and a record of 17-4-1 with two knockouts and nine submissions. From Mezzacrona, Italy, he developed a passion for MMA at a young age, having been inspired by such fighters as Mirko Krokop and Fedor Emelianenko. However, due to the sport's lack of popularity in Italy, he had to train weekly in six different gyms throughout the country. His path to become a more well-rounded fighter brought him first to London and eventually to California, where he trains at their revered King's MMA under the tutelage of renowned trainer Rafael Cordero. He turned pro in 2012 and went 10-2, before making his UFC debut four years later with a first-round guillotine of Albert Uda. He followed that up with a unanimous decision over Vitor Miranda and a hard-fought draw with Amari Akhmedov. In April 2018, he gave future middleweight champion Israel Adesanya his toughest test up to that point, losing a hotly contested slugfest by split decision. He came back the following year beating up veteran Cesar Ferreira and dominating Andrew Sanchez. After a year's worth of cancellations and postponements due to opponent Carl Roberson continually missing weight, the pair finally met on June 13, 2020, 
with a pissed off Vittori overwhelming and submitting Roberson in the first round via rear naked choke. Seven months later, he stepped in as a last minute replacement for sick Kevin Holland, taking on fifth ranked Jack Hermanson. In a star making performance, Vittori dominated from the start, dropping Hermanson in the first round and controlling the fight with accurate strikes and elite level grappling. He followed that up five months later, putting on a complete wipeout of knockout artist Kevin Holland, constantly cutting off the cage and setting a record for takedowns in the UFC with 11 while busting up the trailblazer with vicious ground and pound. A relentless pressure fighter, Vittori is excellent at cutting off the cage while landing accurate strikes at a rate of 4.1 per minute. He's also an effective grappler who's constantly wearing his opponents down and possesses some of the best cardio in the game, remaining just as dangerous in the last round as he is in the first. Israel Adesanya, 31 years old. He's 6'4 with an 80-inch reach and a record of 20-1 with 15 knockouts. Born in Lagos, Nigeria, he moved to New Zealand at the age of 10 and at 18 took up kickboxing, where he amassed an amateur record of 32. Uh, I don't know what the problem with that was, but they're both good really Lord. good. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I just want to address this comment by Sander. Moreno couldn't have used this time to figure it out. Um, again, do, do you think in the last five months that he learned how to do some of the things that uh, Davison Figueredo did? These guys go into training, and they're basically training with the same stuff that they've done before. Unless you have – I mean, dude, you saw Kevin Holland – Come into a fight with both Brunson and and with Vittori, knowing he was going to get wrestled. Knowing he was going to get wrestled, and and what happened to him in both? He got taken down like thirty five times between the two fights. <laughs> Sander, what in God's name are you talking about? The the fighter's who he is. He's not going to learn some new skill for a fight. What are you talking about? His, uh, his opponents have more tackles than the Giants' defense. Pretty much. I'm <laughs> Sander, Brandon Moreno isn't winning that fight. He's just not winning that fight. Uh, All right. He likes Diaz, too, as a plus 400. Well, I kind of do, well, too, but. Well, stay on the call. Whatever Brandon Moreno is doing, like he's looking at the film, trying to get better at. Figueredo's looking at the film, noticing his holes and making them better just as well. So sometimes when football teams are playing, you know what Jace will say to me, Jared? They're going to be extra prepared this week. What in Christ's name? What does that even mean? <laughs> extra prepared? What's the other team doing? What are they doing? They're, they took the week off? That makes no sense. over here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they're going to work extra hard this week. And the other team's like, well, they're working extra hard. Let's slack off. Get out of here with that. All right, Joe. You're fired now, let up. Me, let me explain this fight to everybody. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why Please. I keep having to explain this, but allow me to do it. <laughs> Marvin Vittori is a matchup problem for Israel Adesanya. Number one. Also a lefty. So right, right off the bat, a different look. Number two, he's a grappler. And as we've seen in Adesanya's past, the best fights he's had against him, Kevin Gastelum, 
Marvin Vittori, the loss to Jan Blahovich. In each case, he was wrestled and couldn't get off his back. Maybe Adesanya learned how to be a great wrestler in the last three months. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. If he's smart, he learned how to stuff a little bit. But in what? And, and so yesterday I was on Stir the Pot Sports with Sander and his buddy Riley. And my homeboy, JJ, who's a good dude. But these two guys, they're a mess. <laughs> Let me explain something. Because I, I, I went back. I had to watch the fight again because uh, uh, Riley was talking nonsense. Talking total nonsense. I went back and watched the fight again. The stronger guy in the first fight was Marvin Vittori. Don't believe me? I send you a video. Chris Weidman will explain it to you. He'll explain to you how Adesanya was being dominated because he's not as strong as Marvin Vittori. So there's that's another problem in this fight for Adesanya. Marvin Vittori's got a great chin. Never been knocked out. Ever. Not a one time. Adesanya, I got video of him being laid out kickboxing. No one's ever laid Vittori out. The kid's got a steel chin. So now what? Adesanya's hit him plenty of times in the first fight. I didn't see the kid's knees buckle. I did see domination in the third round. I did see Vittori, I thought, outwork him in the second. I've been saying for a couple years now, Vittori won the first fight. No reason to think he won't win the second fight. Now, that said, I said to James before the show, Kamaru Usman had about all he could take of Jorge Masvidal's mouth, and he went out there and he blasted his head off his shoulders. Masvidal died instantly. It was a, a oh, it was a terrible thing that happened that <laughs> night. He came back to life a minute or two later, but he was dead. Do I am I concerned that Adesanya could not Vittori? Oh, of course I. I'd be stupid to say otherwise. This guy's angry. Vittori's clearly getting under his skin. Vittori is under Adesanya's skin. I watched an interview last night where he said Vittori was bipolar. He was talking all, I mean, dude, <laughs> it was like an eighth grader insulting a sixth grader where it was like, yeah, he's, um, he's bipolar. He's like, hey, guy's all fruity and, uh, he, he crazy. What are you talking about? I watched video where Adesanya was in a hotel room by himself and started talking to people off camera about the Italian because he won't say the dude's name. You know why he won't say his name? He's the only dude that handled him up until Jan Blahovitz. Now, when I explain the blueprint is out there, let me explain what a blueprint is because I think you guys struggle with that. I think you guys <laughs> think a blueprint is a treasure map. Like, if you follow it, you get the treasure. That's not what a blueprint is. A blueprint is, don't stand in front of Adesanya. He's a professional striker. He's going to kill you. Okay? That's part of the blueprint, is knowing who you're standing there with. Number two, blueprint. Take the guy down. He doesn't know how to wrestle. He tries to power up. No technique. Number three, Vittori's the stronger guy in the fight, like Gastelum was, like Blahovitz was. Does everybody see how this works? Are we clear, guys, on what a blueprint is? 
Marvin Vittori will win the decision in this fight. It's going to be a death battle. There's going to be blood. There's going to be guts. There's going to be shit talking. It's going to be wild. In the end, Marvin Vittori's got better cardio. Sander, I, I, Sander, I feel like you don't know anything about MMA. I feel like you 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 watch it every now and again. You don't know what you're talking about. I I Vittori <laughs> was starring. He's fucking Italian. It's his second language. What are you talking about? Good lord. <laughs> Stick the basketball. Adesanya's Nigerian. So um, have you ever heard him speak? Because no, he moved to America as a boy and he learned great English. Marvin Vittori. Let me tell you another story about Marvin Vittori before I move on. Marvin Vittori had to go to six different gyms when he started fighting in Italy because there wasn't one place he could go. So rather than give up on his dream, he traveled all over the country. Now he's traveling all over the world, kicking ass and taking names. He hasn't lost since the Adesanya controversial you know what, split uh, you decision. Know what young Adesanya would have said about that? Must have been nice. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> um, the problem is this fight looks a little bit like the one before it to me. Where it's a guy you probably are more skillful than that is a strong, hard-charging guy that you've had more time to prepare for and were fought really well to a draw in the other case, to a win in this case. And I think I think the uh, the odd make odds makers are right. But that being said, picking out Asanya, but all that being said, Joe, you have made this very, very difficult with your man crush. I can't I can't tell you how hard it is to pick Adesanya right now based on all the things that you have been hollering the whole time about Marvin Vittori. I'm, to be wrong here, I'm better off just saying Vittori and letting the chips fall where they may, but I don't believe he's going to win, and I'm not that kind of individual. That being said, this is, this is, this is, next week is your week if Vittori finds a way to pull this off, brother. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling it. I this is tough because I have gone back and forth. I've spoken a lot about how you need to take down and control Asanya to beat him, but it's so hard to take him down. One for nine, Gaslam was with takedowns. One for seven, Brunson was. Two for six, Vittori was in the first fight. Only three minutes and eighteen seconds of time in control while on the ground with zero significant strikes on the ground, Vittori. So that, that's the Damn. Chase <laughs> came with it. I, I <laughs> and then from that fight, Adesanya beat Brad Tavares, Brunson, Anderson Silva, Kevin Gaslam, Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa, and he fought Jan Blahovich. Did not win. Vittori, Cesar Ferreira, Andrew Sanchez, Carl Roberson, Jack Hermanson, and Kevin Holland. <laughs> Kevin Holland was the only one he took down more than twice. He beat the shit. He beat the shit out of Jack Hermanson on short notice, oh, no, he, mind you. On short notice. 
and drew the treasure map out of there. Blasted him. Stop that bullshit. And drew the treasure map for Kevin Holland. He went on the feet. <laughs> <laughs> he went on the feet against another grappler in Jack Hermanson. And the, Jack Hermanson's a great name. That's his best best name. He's beat Vittori. But Adesanya has Costa, Whitaker, Gaslam, Romero. Yes, because so after he everyone. beat Vittori, he he went up and Vittori went down on a split decision, mind you. He went, his career projected upwards, and Vittori didn't go anywhere. So Vittori had to take worse fights. That's how this works. After he dispatches the last style bender, he'll get all those fights, and then you'll all be happy. I just, I can't, there's, they've both grown. But Adesanya had a rocket strap to his back. Vittori, while he had to fight, he's he's slowly fighting his way up there, but he isn't up there yet. Vittori, when he goes for a takedown, sometimes it's reckless. He doesn't really set it up all that well. Against Kevin Holland, it looked like he set it up really really good, but it's Kevin Holland. So that that's the problem. Israel... He's got all the tools. He, he's learned how – he's got better takedown defense from that first fight. Vittori, he's scratched and clawed a little bit better, but I don't think he has gone to that level where – Israel's championship level. Vittori, I don't think he's – he's worked his way up there. He's coming up. I don't think he's there at championship level yet. I can't see him wearing a belt. Yeah, I got to go out of Sonya. The, the real big factor in that first fight, zero significant strikes on the ground for Vittori. Well, and Sander just said his first, made his first smart comment of, uh, of the whole thread here. Sorry, bro. Um, but yeah, you, Vittori got better with worse fights. You're making this, this uh, painting this picture of this guy. Wait, 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 top, wait, wait. Where's, where are the worst fights? Because he's not fighting top five contenders, he also didn't didn't become champion two fights later. That's the difference between Vittori and Adesanya's career trajectory. What Marvin's done since that fight is beat anybody that they'll give him. Which Who, is better competition. And and, and on, on short notice took Hermanson. Give me a break. The kid can fight and he's getting his shot, Joe. To be fair, he lost and there's... Izzy could have stayed away from this, and he didn't. You got to respect that. No, he had no, he had no choice to stay away from shot. this. This is he his wanted, opportunity. He he wouldn't Clarissa even. Clarissa Shields had a choice with Savannah Marshall. Wouldn't even say the dude's name. Didn't didn't even want to acknowledge that that fight happened. Israel Adesanya is in denial about Savannah how that Marshall. first fight went. So is so is Sander. So is Riley, and so is Jace. But he's giving. But he's giving. But he's getting that shot. Is what I'm saying. Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall. He is going for that one person that gave him that problem, and he got the win. So, for all intents and purposes, he could move on to whoever the number one contender is, and just say, "Hey, if he ever gets back there, I'll fight him." You know, he didn't do that. Your boy's getting his shot. This is his opportunity, and for your sake, I hope he pulls it off. I'm a. Uh, I'm not. It'll 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 be bittersweet for me either way because I'm picking out Asanya. But uh, 
I, I respect your passion, Joe. And your boy's getting a shot. I respect Adesanya for giving your boy another shot. So Dana gave him the shot. It wasn't Adesanya. That's all fine and well. And listen, I, I want to be clear about one other thing. I really like Israel Adesanya. Yeah. One of my favorite fighters. He's one of my favorite fighters. The reason I'm picking Vittori isn't because I like Vittori better. This, to me, is a matchup problem. It was a matchup problem in the first fight. I don't think that's going to change in the second fight. Whether Vittori can turn that into a W or not, I'm going to say he can. Oh, God. But I, 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 wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if he lost. Put it to you like that. But I like Vittori's chances. And, again, in watching all these press conferences, by the way, Sander, I posted a YouTube video, the one I was talking about, where literally Adesanya is talking to a pretend person in the room. It, it's so insane. It's embarrassing to be Israel Adesanya. I also watched the press or the reaction last night after the press conference. Again, he's an idiot. He says, like, the stupidest things. Like a, oh, like if, a, he like loses, a, if he loses this, things could get wilder. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> but I get what you're saying, Joe, but Israel's just weird like that. Bro, you yeah. just picked you just picked Nakathelia to beat Stevenson. What are you smoking? <laughs> no, but- 40 to 1 underdog. That's who you just picked. You're going to tell me. Okay, please. No, but when you're please. talking about in the head stuff and Adesanya talking to. To weird to no one in the room. Go on the dude's Instagram. He's got pictures of his dog's penis on his Instagram. He's a weird guy. He does hey, maybe weird he's, stuff. Maybe he's talking to the darkness in the corner. Maybe he's <laughs> that's who he is. But I, I, I do think if Vittori can do work with the blueprint and get it going, he can get it done. But I think Israel Adesanya just. His t- takedown defense is too much. Is too good. It's gotten better. And Vittori, he does when he goes for shots. Sometimes they're reckless. He doesn't set them up all that well. He set them yeah. up really well you're, against Paul. Listen, Pollock. you're exactly right. Uh, and a lot of the times in the fight with Adesanya, his his problem was not bringing his head across to Adesanya's left shoulder. He was trying to uh, you know uh, do heel hooks and stuff where uh, he wasn't bringing the head across. Those are all easy fixes. Those are all things you watch the tape and you're like, dude, you got to get your head around. Easy to do when you're a wrestler. Not worried about that. Again, was the stronger guy. Adesanya couldn't break the clinch. Adesanya couldn't get off the ground. Those are things that concern me. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't like Adesanya. It doesn't mean I don't think Adesanya can't, again, go all Usman like he did with against Bosma and, and blow Vittori out. It's certainly possible. You guys are acting like Israel Adesanya can't lose and will has never lost a fight. No, no. He just lost oh, one. And I'll ride with you, Joe, with that. The adjustments that need to be made for Marvin Vittori to do better in this fight are easier to make from the perspective of a trainer than the adjustments that Adesanya will have to make fair. to do better in this fight. I'll, I'll I agree, agree with that. With that. That's, that's, fair. that's a great way to explain it, yes. All right. Let's wrap up tonight's fights with our prediction of the fight of the night. It's a fight we did not talk about, but you guys think. I mean, Jared, you already touched on it a little bit. So, Joe, what's a fight you got your eye on? 
I think there's a pretty obvious one here. So I'm not going to say the pretty obvious one, which would be Diaz Edwards. We can hang on on that for one second. Uh, Joanne Calderwood is also fighting. Um, and um, Lauren and Murphy. what's that? Lauren Murphy, right? Yes, sir. I'm excited for that because I'll tell you what. It seems like every single female fight that that they have. Ends up being one of the fights of the nights, boy. Those women, when they get in that ring, again, not only are they all really well-rounded, they they can all do multiple things, and you just get better fights. Um, I'm excited for that one. I think that's going to be a real banger. I think that might end up being my – I love Joanne Calder. I, I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm excited for it. You want to You want to take I, the other big one? Well, you know, when, no. Um, and and my favorite Calderwood moment was on The Ultimate Fighter when she said, and after I beat her up, I'll make her pie. <laughs> she's, Calderwood is the, she's, she's awesome. Um, my fight is, uh, um, of course, but we already talked about it, Julian Rodriguez, Jose Pedraza, watch that fight, Rodriguez is the pick. Um, but a kid named Joe Laws is a minus 1600, against um he went nickname is he went it's chris attaway chris he went attaway um and that could be an upset uh more than fight of the night it's kind of a, a an outlandish upset pick i wanted to talk about but chris attaway uh eight to one against joe laws all right my under the radar one is Anders, Eric, your boy Anders versus Darren the Dennis Stewart, a rematch of a uh, no contest that happened earlier this year. Uh, Anders, former Alabama linebacker, uh, Darren Stewart got great uh, knockout power. Eric Anders also explosive. But the obvious one, welterweight championship uh, implications. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz coming back. Leon Edwards, he just had a fight. He had his fight, but the no contest due to an eye poke. Uh, both guys coming off pretty, I mean, besides that eye poke, pretty long layoffs. So uh, it's going to be very intriguing. I think Styles make fights, and I, I just <coughs> don't like Lee. Leon Edwards' style against Nate Diaz. I just think Nate Diaz is going to pressure him, pepper him in the face, and I, I don't see how Leon Edwards is going to get past that. I, and also, I, I just love Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is awesome. He's the only, I, I, have a, I have a saying, you can't trust someone who doesn't eat meat because that's just crazy. How good steak. But Nate Diaz is a vegan. <laughs> uh, he's the only exception uh, I, I have there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for that fight. That that's gonna that as the that might steal the main card. I thought that was the easy pick. I thought one of you guys would take it. Diaz is on my Mount Rushmore of most entertaining fighters of all time. So yeah, tune in for that one. Absolutely. Hell yeah! All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break here and we will be right back with the scrub scrap spotlight stay tuned manning lobs it burris alone 
It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Oh! High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall, see ya! Into the second deck, a grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge, and the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Oh, pop a freeze up. <laughs> oh, just as we go. It looks like he froze up to show you his Cowboys hat too, though, which is adorable. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So, so scrub scrap spotlight is Papa Will Jones. If we can get him up and running here, he uh, came in and fought me a few scrub scraps ago. Um, return to the ring. It was uh, it was great to have him over sparring with some of the other guys, and that's a perfect example. I mean, he sparred with my heavyweight champion, uh, Dom, who wasn't gonna hurt my seventy-two-year-old father. You know the Logan Paul Mayweather reference you made of not having those two guys in the ring together. You know I could do that. Um, there were several guys. Uh, Brett's another one. Brett Sponzo's another one that I was that I was real comfortable in the ring with my father. Um, you know, even at seventy years age, that we could uh, bring him along. And now this guy jogs all the time. Has run marathons. Hey, Papa. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> doing good, ladies and gentlemen. Scrub scrap spotlight. Willard, the Chief Jones. Hey, y'all. How you doing? So I'm doing real good, Pop. As you know, I've been bringing somebody on every week to talk a little bit about scrub scraps. And I think I, I probably say your experience is very unique uh, during every one of these. Um, but being being my dad and being there from the first one to the last one, uh, you've definitely got a, a unique perspective probably to share about Scrub Scraps. What has that been like for you? Well, it's been awesome to see the growth. And the uh, going to the first ones, the kids out in the woods with the little makeshift rain that you had. And... Uh, Watching those kids, that some of them I would say, well, the path he's going on, we'll be reading about him, you know, on the 10 most wanted. But, uh, and watching those kids grow to be outstanding young guys, now they're parents, and uh, it's been an awesome experience seeing those guys and seeing the you and the guys that work with you training these kids to uh, turn their lives around and uh, see them grow now and be uh, outstanding young people. I've watched them grow from being little kids into the, you know, the old farts like yourself. 
you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's been awesome, and uh, I know talk, listening to you guys talk there uh, about the fighters, um, uh, I like having sex with a needle, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, these guys, and seeing these guys grow, um, it's just been, it's been a great experience for me, and like you say, son, I've been there since day one, and, um, even been in the ring a little bit myself with uh, having you training me. And Joe, you guys know that if you're training a guy and you uh, think about getting in the ring with him later, you don't want to train him too good. <laughs> you know, you, uh, <laughs> so I, I think that's what my son put on me. <laughs> That's what my son put on me then, you know. He didn't want to give me all the tricks. And uh, well, and one thing on my one thing on my part was um, I thought I could get cardio at Kentucky Fried, and I realized <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> no, but. Uh, I've got a real specific question for you, Papa. Um, I know you grew up uh, in North Carolina on a on a on a dirt farm, and um, you know we're very poor. Um, what do you think that a program like Scrub Scraps could have done for you and some of the kids around you when you were younger? Oh boy, and, and you know it's. It's uh, funny you ask that because uh, my grandfather, and I know I've told you about this, on Sundays he would make that little makeshift ring that you had. And uh, with my uncles and my cousins, and our gloves were so big that uh, the, us kids putting on the gloves, if we missed the punch, it would throw us on the ground. That, that's how big the glove was. And and my grandfather did this to try to get us in a different world than just working on the farm, you know. And uh, if we would have had something like Scrub Scraps, I would have seen some of my cousins that are gone now from alcohol, gone now from uh, fighting with guns. I would have seen them grow to be like some of the kids that I seen you train grow. So, Mr. Jones, let me ask you this. You know, uh, I've known your son for a few years now, and um, my conversations with Jared, about half of them end in tears. The other half end with some some sort of like new knowledge or information in my life. He's very much been, been uh, my therapist. Um, it, it just, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the two of you side by side, by the way, and it's freaking me out a little bit. Um, I've not met Jared's dad before right now. This is pretty amazing. Um, I just wonder where, where the, are you guys just an emotional family? Because this guy, 
I mean, I, I've never seen a dude with more passion and love in his heart. And I don't even just mean for fighting, but just in general. Uh, yeah. The emotional, the emotional part is um, you have to have emotions to have strength. Jared has a lot of strength, and I'm sure you've seen too. The uh, I like that. We say that all the time. That 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 you know, emotions are strength. He he talks about that to me all the time, and that's why we cry so much. <laughs> Um, I got, I got a, I got a quick story about when that kind of happened for me. Um, and I know you'll all excuse me if I get emotional, but, uh, my father used to take <laughs> aspirin in the morning. Every morning he'd take a couple aspirin and, um, just on his way to work turned into a habit or whatever. And, uh, it had created a laceration in, in some of his intestinal lining. Um, and so he started coughing up blood. And they went into the hospital and they put a tube in him to pull the blood out. And uh, his blood pressure dropped so bad that the doctors said, call all of his kids and get him here because he might not make it through it. Um, so we all went to the hospital and we're trying not to cry in the room because of his blood pressure. And we're like outside of the room talking to each other, but we're about to lose our father. But And I figured if I'm not supposed to get him emotional and excited, I just wanted to know that I love him. So I sat down next to him and uh, for hours, I just sat there and whispered to him and told him that I loved him. And um, didn't feel like I had said that enough. And so when he survived the scare, I told him I was never gonna get off the phone or walk away or let somebody go that I care about without telling them that I love them. Um, and I've been pretty good about that since, you know, but feeling like I wasn't going to have the chance for my father to really know that I felt the way that I felt about him was um, enough for me to adjust my world. So that if I'm pinning that, um, that brave emotion, I want to call it, to a specific instance, that's it. You know, he was the most important thing in my life right then. Uh, there were times that I thought of what suicide would do with my dad, to my dad. And it literally kept me alive, how my father would react if I weren't here anymore. Um, so feeling like you you have opportunities to say things like that to people and let them go away, I think you're taking the biggest responsibility you have in your life and throwing it in the garbage. I um, <clears throat> I think at that time, the uh, I feel that the Great Spirit says, "Wait a minute, this is not over with yet." we got some more work to do and some more tears and some more growing. And we can look at us today and see where we've grown from since then. Mm. And we can laugh about it and we can cry about it. It's been a beautiful thing. Hey, follow up to my first question, Papa. Um, what do you think a program like Scrub Scraps could have done for me? If six or seven year old me walked into the Scrub Scraps program, what difference do you think it could have made? 
Whoa. Well, it would have kept you from, it would have kept me from having to look through a glass to talk to you when I wanted to give you a hug. It, that wouldn't have happened. Scrub Scraps would have put you on uh, a place, put you in a place. Then, at six years old, that you would have grown through your life without going through those obstacles, like I say, being in jail, me not being able to hug you. Uh, different dark places would have been lighter places uh, to see, sunnier places. And that's what the Scrub Scraps now today has to offer to kids that are six years old, to even people that are old. I've seen Scrubs ha Scrub Scraps has a lot to offer to those kids to keep them away from the things that you had to go through to grow to where you are now today. Mm. I believe in Scrub Scraps. Very well said, Papa. Mr. Jones, you talk. Uh, Jared mentioned how you and him got in the ring together. Uh, uh, I ask a lot of people that come in here, well, what the relationship is like before and after the fight. But you guys already had that relationship. Did it change at all? Was it different when you stepped in the ring with your son? I um, I think it brought us closer, and it always do. You learn a little bit more respect from from the people that you're in the ring with if you if you didn't know them or if you did know them. Being in the ring is being in a different world. But the day Jared and I went in the ring, I was looking for a place to lay down. I was very tired that day. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if uh, I'll go up for a rematch and and. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Papa no, said, "When we spar, it's three minutes, and then when we fight, it's two minutes." I don't get wasting that minute. Why don't we just tack it on to the rest? Of you? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to just throw minutes away. Time is finished. <laughs> yeah, but the answer to your question is. Uh, more kids and more parents need to grow that close to be able to do things like that and get out of the ring and hug each other. And I love you. See, I'm getting emotional now. That's a part of the strength. <laughs> but I believe that, that the world needs more of that too. And Scrub Scraps has that to offer to families and to kids that are out there struggling. I saw them come into Scrub Scraps. I got close to these kids. And, and uh, that's what Scrub Scraps doing. Like I say, more kids and more families. You know the world we live in today. We need connection and closeness. When you go to in the rain with one of your family members, you learn a little bit more respect. Well said. And thank you for joining us, Mr. Jones, today. Uh, thank you. Uh, it was nice to hear your insight into Scrub Scraps. And this podcast, Scrub Scraps, 
you laugh, you we laugh, we yell, and we cry all in an hour and 23 minutes. So, yeah. Thank you for joining yeah. us again, Mr. Jones. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's Throwing Jabs for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre. Jared Jones, make sure you tune in to tonight's fights. Big UFC. Don't want to miss it. And make sure you tune in next week to where – to win, me and Jared get to laugh in Joe's face for Vittori, <laughs> baby. Vittori, <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. All right, love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming out, Mr. Jones. Thank you. And we'll see you next Thank week you. for more throwing jabs. So take care. All right, bye. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs